it's, uh, it really is good to be here on a lovely bank holiday Sunday, but we're better to be in the house of the Lord. Let's open in prayer. Father, we thank you and we praise you for giving us life and for giving us life in abundance. Thank you for the incredible blessing of being your sons and daughters and for the gift of eternal life as we put our trust in Jesus Christ, our Lord. Lord, right now we give you all that we are. We surrender our will to you now in Jesus' name. And we ask that you would fill our hearts with your love so that we might love others well. Pour fresh hope into our thinking. Let your joy be our strength. And as we come this morning to lift our hearts and to lift our voices to you, to sing your praises, we come to worship you and to adore you, Lord, because there is no other. We praise you because you delight in those who fear you and who put their hope in your unfailing love. We praise your name, Jesus, Father. We praise your name because your name is great and worthy to be praised. In Jesus' name, amen. Our first reading is taken the book of, from the book of Psalms, and it's Psalm 103, uh, verses 7 to 14. God made known his ways to Moses, his deeds to the people of Israel. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. He will not always accuse, nor will he harbour his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. As the Father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he knows how we are formed, he remembers that we are dust. And the second reading is taken from Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 to 10. And it's headed, Made Alive in Christ. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our sinful nature and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature objects of wrath, but because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in our transgressions. It is by grace that you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ 
and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace, expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved, through faith, and this not from yourselves, it is the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Amen. Thanks be to God for the reading of his word. What I want to speak on today is a topic which you often hear, and that is forgiveness. But for us to truly understand forgiveness, I think we need to have a look at the cross and to see exactly what Jesus achieved on the cross. Because that is very key to understanding forgiveness and how it impacts us. If we go back and we look into Luke 22:42, we see that Jesus is in the garden of the Gethsemane, and this is when he prays to the Father and says, Father, if you willing, take this cup from me, yet not my will but yours. I like the amplified version, but just expands a little bit. He says, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup of divine wrath from me, yet not my will but always yours. And it's very important to understand that that was the cup that he had to drink on the cross. That was the cup of the wrath of God, of all his anger, of all the sin that was, is, and to come. And Jesus was aware what he would have to go through, but he was willing to go through it. And we see Jesus on the cross after he endured when he had been, bunny would have been ripped apart. And I am convinced that the Holy Spirit kept his body alive for as long as he did so that he could drink the cup. I don't believe the human body would have been able to withstand the punishment that he had. And then when it came there, then Jesus says, and we see in John 19, 30, he says, it is finished. And with that, he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. Luke 23, 46 expands a little bit on that second part. And he says, Father, into your hands, I commit my spirit. And when he had said this, he breathed his last. Jesus remained on that cross until he had drunk the last drop in that cup. Had he left one drop in that cup, his journey to the cross would have been in vain. So we need to understand that the wrath of God was fully met on the cross for all our sins 
past, present, and future. We need to really need to get to grips. That is absolutely key when we look on forgiveness. Now, on the cross, I could speak for hours on the cross. Is one of the subjects that God just keeps opening up. But I'm just going to look at very specific areas of what happened there, just so that it, the parts that are pertinent to the message that I want to share this morning. And Jesus endured all this punishment. Because he trusted the Father to raise him up. And because he saw the joy on the other side. He suffered it. He went through it. Because he trusted the Father to raise him up. But he also knew that had he left one drop behind, the Father would not have been able to raise him up. So sin, the penalty for sin has been paid in full. That is the grace of God. And sometimes we really struggle to comprehend the breadth and the depth of God's grace. But it starts with that understanding. But also we need to understand that within Jesus, he knew that what was going to come on the other side, the joy that was to come on resurrection, the joy that he knew that his blood had paid the price for every single sin. And as the people came and repented and confessed, they would be forgiven because the price had been paid. Now, often when we talk about forgiveness, and I'm going to briefly want to talk on the forgiveness for others, I often hear people say, but you don't know what they did to me. How can I forgive them? I said, what you're doing is you're not forgiving the act. I said, we need to split and divide and separate the person and the sin. The sin is not forgiven, but the person is. We need to look at that. And I, so often I see it, and I see it within the church of some of them, and I, I, I cringe and I get angry, is when they condemn people because of what they're doing or what they've done. We need to condemn the act, but we need to seek grace for the person. Because we have all, those that have accepted Jesus as his Savior and now live with him and are seated with him in heavenly places, we have all experienced that grace. Because all of us have sinned. And I can guarantee you, you are going to sin again. 
but we live under the covenant of grace. And when we come and we apply the blood of Christ to us, we are cleansed. And often when we're talking about forgiveness, a lot of the time we look about forgiving other people. But today I want to do something different. I want to look at ourselves. Because I feel sometimes it's easier to forgive other people than it is to forgive yourself. And if I think, if I, if I ask any, for a show of hands for anyone who says they have nothing in their life uh, that they haven't forgiven themselves for or still holding, um, I would not expect to see a hand risen. If I did see a hand, I would say, go and see your ex in June, you need ministry. We all have it. But there's some things that we have gone before God We've confessed it. We've received God's forgiveness. And as we read in the scripture in, in, in the Psalms, God says that he will remove our sin as far as the east is from the west. Now, I always went to school, I always said, my left hand is west, my right hand is east. And always that because it says we. If I remember which way is west and east, you'll have to do the opposite this morning, unless you whatever. But if he refuses from the east to the west, if I walk west, I'm never going to get to east, because it's always behind me. If I walk east, I'm never going to get to west. We need, it's completely, it's, it's removed. Some of the scriptures, some of the translation talks about Jesus casting our sins into the sea of his forgetfulness. I'm sure it must mean a, a universe of his forgetfulness because there must be a lot that he's had to forget. But he casts it away and he remembers it no more. But yet we, who have been forgiven, continue to beat ourselves of something that we've already been forgiven. And I am at the head of the queue for that. Those people that do share messages will understand when I say that as you prepare, God takes you through the journey and you walk through that journey and experience what is to share. Why is it that we hang on to it? Because there are things that happen that we do. Yes, God, you've forgiven me. But we insist on living with the fallout and the consequences. Yes, I'm forgiven for doing that. But I'm going to have to live with the consequences for the rest of my life. That does not sound like the God in the scriptures. We worship a God of restoration. In the scripture says he will restore. And the latter will always be greater than the former. 
Holy Spirit just reminded me of something. <laughs> we want to walk in the consequences which we believe that's what we need to do because that is the, it's not the price but because of what we've done we're going to have to live with the consequences but then when I really think of the scripture and the cup that's gone does that not mean that we are set free or are we so concerned with our surroundings, our material possessions, our place in society, what people think of us, is that more important than being released from whatever you've done and accepting the forgiveness of God and allowing Him to raise you up and to walk through it? What is more important for us? To be the person that God has called us to do and to look to Him for our, ident our identity, to look to Him for our worth, to look to Him for our value, or are we concerned about how the world sees us and how the world values us. I don't think anyone here can argue when I say the world's moral standards or whatever you want to call them no longer exist. According to the world, there is no right, there is no wrong. If, it, if you feel happy doing it, then do it. And when we stand up with scriptures and we say no, you can do it, but I'm not doing it because it's contrary to what my God says. Often you will be pillared. We see that with cancel culture in the world today. That people are scared to stand up. And I was reminded as I was coming to this of what Paul went through. I don't know how many times he was left for dead, imprisoned, but he continued to proclaim all the people that have been martyred. But there are many people who have stood on the word of God and they have been blessed and they have been raised. They have had or they have been so blessed in abundance that they have been able to bless many. I look at the price that Jesus paid and any price that I have to pay for his forgiveness or restitution into nothing. But then what do I have to pay? 
nothing. I just accept his forgiveness. Yes, there may be things that we've done and we receive God's forgiveness and the world says, and the world's justice system says you still have to pay. I am more interested in walking in the forgiveness of my Father, my Heavenly Father, than what the world thinks of me. I want to have my soul resting easy. And I need to remember that if God can take my sins and remove them as far as the east is from the west, then surely I can ask the Holy Spirit to help me to do that. And one of the ways is that when you receive the forgiveness, and you know when you've received that forgiveness, and you feel the Father's love going through you, and you know that you've been forgiven, is not to turn back. Because part of repentance is turning your back on it. You put it in the east and you face west. And you continue to travel west. But we often turn around and we go back to east. Because we come and we want to come and we want to pick it up again. And today I want us to go to the place where we look at what we have and to come before the throne, come before the cross because we are told to come and to lay it down at the foot of the cross and to leave it there and to rise up and to walk away. Now, I want to have a time now whether together we allow the Holy Spirit to come and to minister to us. We will have a time of ministry after the service, but right now we look at corporate. It's just allow God to come and to move. And one of the ways, I mean, we are sometimes, and some of the conference we've been on, we have a thing called a walk-in in the light, where you have people stationed around and you walk up to them and you confess things and they pray for you. But I don't want to do that today because some people have a, have a hesitance of doing that. And I don't want to create any atmosphere or anything that prevents someone from laying it at the foot of the cross. Whether it be a hurt, whether it be something, the conviction that you've had, let's lay it at the cross. We need to understand that we will never ever live a perfect day. And we will never stop needing to be unconditionally loved and forgiven by our Father. never stop needing the love of the Father and the forgiveness of Him. Because sin robs us of the abundant life that is available in Jesus. If we've been forgiven, we need to cast it to the west. If we hold on to the, to the memory of it, it robs us 
of the life that Jesus has for you. And I like this quote. Until we allow God to forgive and heal the sinful places in our life, we will not experience fully the tremendous power, grace, and restoration of our Heavenly Father. I want to give us time as just quieting down, we just bow our head or however you want to do it, whether you want to kneel, whatever, whatever you're comfortable with. And just allow Holy Spirit to come. Ask Him to come in. Just focus on Jesus. And Holy Spirit, I ask that you would just touch every heart here today, every mind. And if there be anything within them that they need to bring to the cross, that you will enable it, that you will highlight it, and enable them to lay it at the foot of the cross. That you would give them the assurance that the price for that has been paid. need to fear not just to lay it and that your love your love of us will cleanse them, strengthen them and restore them I just pray that the fire of God will come burn any dross that is in them. That your love would encourage them and strengthen them, Father. Please pour into them, Father. Restoration. some here today we are really struggling to hand it over and to receive the forgiveness of the Father just ask Holy Spirit to help you with the reality that when you confess to the Father he forgives you Holy Spirit, just work with them. Help them to walk in that reality. I'm going to ask if you can just remain in in an attitude of prayer, just uh, of receiving from Holy Spirit. I don't want you to sort of just break away as I ask Linda and the team to come and to, to, as we sing our final uh, time of worship, But as you do, just leave your heart open just to receive. Because maybe there's something that the Father wants to deposit in you today.
often there's times when you come and you ask Father for forgiveness for something and you lay it down. And suddenly you realize that he's deposited other blessings onto your fingers. So be open to receive what the Father has for you today. Be open. Be expectant. We need to live a life of expectancy. Because he wants to bless us. And as the Spirit leads us into the place of repentance for certain things, the Father's blessing comes on us, sets us free from those bondages, sets us free from the accusing words of the enemy. There's freedom and forgiveness. Father, we thank you that you have revealed your love to us today. Thank you that you've reminded us that we are forgiven much. Help us all now to walk in that freedom. Holy Spirit, where there has been hurt, come and bring healing in the name of Jesus. And where there might still be struggles to forgive and to let go, Holy Spirit, would you do that work in us? to set us free. We thank you that, Father, you are good, and yet you are faithful, and that you love us with an everlasting love. We pray now, Jesus, that you will send us out from here in the power of the Holy Spirit, and that you will fa fan into flame the love that you have for us and that you've given to us. We pray now you would come and reveal your grace and your truth to us each day. We pray this in the mighty name of Jesus Christ.